First Take, the least boring banking podcast, is an attempt to make banking unboring and tell you all the tips, tricks, and news you need to know regarding your banking life. Brought to you by two former news anchors who are just trying to make banking a little more personable, a little less boring. Roll it. Welcome to First Take, the least boring banking podcast. I'm Blake. And I'm Allison. And we are so happy to have you with us on podcast episode number 14 of Least Boring. I'm going to start calling it that for short. Least boring. Least boring. Okay. Least boring. All right. Um, our, our podcast name is a bit of a mouthful, so. It is. And uh, hopefully if you guys will keep like downloading and everything, we've had some good downloads. Yeah. Everything's been going really, really well. Um, maybe we can get to where you can just search maybe first take. Yeah. Or so, but we are competing, I think, with ESPN's first take. So oh. that might be, might be difficult. Is that, they, they're very confused whenever they're like, why is ESPN talking about uh, yeah. if you're, if bank you're related for, topics? Uh, uh, Colin Cowherd or anybody like that, you've got the wrong, wrong podcast. It's definitely, definitely not it. So, uh, you're here. So, um, lots of good topics, um, in the recent podcast yeah, episodes, absolutely. we had Susanna Marshall on episode lucky number 13. Mm-hmm. Excellent work by her talking about the safer AR act. Yep. Some of this all ties together, uh, with today's episode, we had the IRS reporting, uh, Scandal or data or whatever, or IRS reporting plan, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Got a lot of good traction um, on that one. Yep. We're starting to get some good comments. You know you're starting to arrive when people start commenting crazy things on yeah. your posts. So, I, man, I feel go. like we're there. I feel like we're You've there. You've made it. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay, so let's move on. So, October is... Cyber Security Month, Al. Cyber Security Awareness, yep. So we have, uh, if you follow us on social media, you've been seeing that we have been putting some tips out on social media um, of just really how to stay safe online, promoting online safety. So far, we have posted three tips. Um, We have enable stronger authentication. And Blake, talk about, I mean, you obviously deal with the importance of this on the digital banking side of First National Bank. Can you talk a little bit about the enable stronger authentication and why that's so important. Yeah, I think it's it's good to touch on it too. And Megan will obviously do this uh, when we get to her here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, customers at times can get frustrated with some of that. And you have to understand, and we're going to really explain deeply in this episode about why that is important to have those authentication procedures, whether you're an ACH customer using these, the two-factor with the token or the first time you log in on an unrecognized device, you have to get a text message. These are all things we're going to talk about, and we do know they can be cumbersome, but not nearly as cumbersome as a hack oh, yeah. can be. And then you having so, to go back and <laughs> right. fix all your things. Yep. and Yep. yep. So we've got that. We have uh, make your passwords long and strong. And I know how annoying it is to try and come up with a new password that has the right amount of special characters and numbers and things like that. But, I mean, if you're going with the same password for every single thing that you're logging into and it's one basic word, no caps, nothing like that, which a lot of places now force you, require you to do that for your safety. Um, But, yeah, you want to make sure that you have a very secure, strong password. Yeah, and you obviously want to keep a clean machine. We'll let Megan talk more yeah, about sure. that one as well. I don't get into the safe operating of machines in front of information technology people. <laughs> uh, but uh, so those are, and we're going to have more coming throughout yeah. the month. That's kind of what we've been doing. It's our, our theme of the month on social media. But we do have, uh, and we always mention, there are things we're not experts on. We do not 
pretend to be experts on anything. We talk about everything, experts and nothing. Uh, so we bring in real experts. One of them is Megan Hall. She's our chief information officer here at First National Bank. Uh, she serves a very vital role and is involved in a lot of different ways in not just the cybersecurity area, but the auditing of cybersecurity. She serves as a facilitator uh, for the Institute of Internal Auditors, teaches IT and cybersecurity auditing courses across America, and she is the current president of the Central Arkansas Chapter of the Institute of Internal Auditors. So we're happy to have her, Megan, as our Chief Information Officer. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join us and, and to talk a little bit about Cybersecurity Awareness Month, Megan. Thank you. I really appreciate y'all having me. And I like Cybersecurity Month because there's so much that people can do that they may not even be aware of. Uh, you know, it seems like such a big world out there, cybersecurity and it may seem overly complex, but there are actually a lot of really simple things. Y'all talked about a couple of those tips and a few others that we'll talk about on the podcast. And we can just make sure everyone is aware of those and um, taking the steps that that we can to protect our information. And Megan, um, talk about, obviously, it's like you said, there's a lot of things that you can do that are very small that can help keep you safe. If you're not doing these things, what what's the possibility? What are the ramifications that you could land yourself in for not having strong cybersecurity practices? So that's a great question. So the first, obviously, is that individual accounts could be hacked. And like you kind of hinted at this, you know, some of the offset of having that stronger authentication. And Allison, to your point, having longer passwords, you know, if you don't have these things in place, it increases the likelihood that a bad actor will be able to access your login credentials, your username, your password. And they can, you know, depending on the type of account, get to emails, steal money out of your bank account. Um, there's a lot of different things that could be done to various types of personal accounts. Another thing, though, that people may not think about as much is just what are we sharing on social media and when? If you are directly linked to your company, you know, saying, I work for First National Bank on your Facebook page, and you advertise that you're out of town on a vacation on that Facebook page, that type of information can be used by bad actors to try to um, carry out a scheme at your organization. So it's important to think about not just our individual accounts. That's one thing. Those could be compromised. But all of the information we put out there could be used. And I can you know, elaborate on some of that for y'all if you think it'd be helpful. But it's just important to have an awareness of what we're putting out there. And it could mean something to somebody, even if we think it's very mild or you know, not really that interesting, except to our friends and family. So, Yeah, Megan, touch on that a bit, a bit more of you know things that you think are, oh, I'm sharing this cute. Obviously, we don't have palm trees here in Arkansas. So if someone sees a palm tree that you're posting on your Instagram page, you think that it's cute. But w what are the things that that these bad actors can garner and the, the harm that it could cause to you without you really thinking you think that it's like, oh, it's fine. It's whatever. And it it could not be. Yeah, so there's a couple of really kind of key ways that that could be used. So first, if you are advertising that you are somewhere hosting that palm tree or uh, a nice icy beverage by the beach or something like that, someone could pose as you, call your organization, act like you and say, hey, I'm out of town. I'm sitting on the beach. I don't have Wi-Fi right now, but I, this customer called me and they need this. I'm out of town. We got to take care of the customer. Um, can you help me? And so using that in some sort of phone phishing, so the details you've posted about where you are, it makes it more credible for that call center associate or whoever answers the phone at the company to think, oh yeah, they are on vacation. 
They are out and we do need to help the customer. So it can be used that way first. The second is that bad actors can monitor what you're posting over time. So they might see one thing that's popular, the day one, first day of school. A lot of people love to post their kids on the first day of school. And that's great. You can definitely do that safely. But if you don't have your accounts locked down and you have everything public, then the way the place your kids go to school can be put out there. Their names can be put out there. Your dog's name. I post my dogs probably as much as, as anything. Their names. That type of information could be used later by someone to befriend you and be like, oh, how is Sadie, my dog, how's Sadie doing? And how are your kids doing? How's it going in the ninth grade this year? And those types of details, you might be originally, I don't recognize this person that's reached out to me on social media, but they know all this other stuff. It's stuff they've really gained over time from watching what's going on or just from looking back to historical posts. And they can use that in an attempt to befriend you and, and you know, basically insert themselves into some sort of impersonation attack. I think it's important to note too that I mean we we bring this up and I think at times that maybe there's a portion of listeners and a customer base that think we may be a little dramatic, uh, but we're not. This stuff happens. It's real. We've seen it, and you don't have to work at the bank long to see it. I experienced it my second weekend when I was training with a CSR, uh, a situation of elder abuse, and this this person had done a, a number. Uh, and and the way they did it was, I don't have a good term for it because you don't want to say impressive, but it was they were good at what they did. If you can say good, but this happens, Megan. It it we're not being dramatic. We see it almost weekly to daily at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And you you mentioned it being kind of impressive. One of the things is that a lot of these attackers and hackers are very patient. They will take whatever time it takes, whether it is they've already you know hacked into a company or an email or just monitoring your social media, they'll watch and they will learn. That is often the lengthiest period of a cyber attack or an attempt at a cyber attack. And they will gather powerful information that can really be used in many ways we wouldn't ordinarily think about. But what can we do? I mean, I think the most important thing is probably education, which is what we're trying to do here. But what what can we do? So education really is is key. Awareness is a really big piece of this, which is why we have Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Just being aware that it's not normal for your bank to contact you via text message and ask you for something. It's not normal for UPS to call you and ask you for certain information to track a package. So one of the biggest red flags that, that is a key to awareness is if someone is calling or contacting, texting, emailing you, asking you to take some action that you did not initiate, that is a red flag. It is always okay to stop and say, I am not familiar with this. You can hang up that call, not respond to that email. You can get back in touch with whoever that company is by the way you know how. The phone number that's online, um, you know, your um, online secure messaging, depending on what it is. And you can ask questions about whether that was a legitimate attempt and try to resolve if there truly is an issue. But they will often approach you, they being you know, cyber attackers, with a sense of urgency and asking you to do something. So that's a big red flag. It's not common for businesses to reach out to us and ask for personal information. And never, ever, ever will anyone that's legitimate ask for your username and password. That is a huge red flag, but it is successful a lot. These people are very good at what they do. And they can use pieces of information to make themselves more believable. But those things should never be given out, no matter what, no matter how good they are. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, you talk about their sense of urgency. They 
they can be very aggressive with people and make them feel like this has to be done right now. I can guarantee you if you hung up on one of our employees because you were not certain, called our, our bank back by the phone, like you said, the phone number that you know, like it would be it would be understandable. We would be like, I fully understand why you did that. Makes sense and appreciate that you did that because you don't want somebody to, you want people to be that level of cautious whenever it comes to the safety of their personal information, their financial information, et cetera. Absolutely. And, and I think that's where that awareness, not just for all of us as consumers and users of various online services, but our employees. So as businesses, educating our employees as well so that they can understand why our employees or our customers might be acting a certain way or call, making a call to verify something. And that will just make sure we're all on the same page and we're all working towards the same thing and protecting information is top priority. So as a customer, you should never feel like you're bothering any company by calling back or making a contact to validate something before you take action. Yeah, we're not going to get upset at you ever if you do that. We understand. Uh, so, um, and obviously, you know, we we speak a lot in banking terms. That's your role. I mean, I can't tell you how often we talk about these things. I mean, it's with any product we use or anything we onboard. Security is top of the mind when it comes to that. Uh, but what about for someone who is running their own business, maybe a small business, maybe uh, they're they're a CEO or or a, maybe they're a chief operations officer of their own company. Maybe they don't have um, an IT department, a large IT department. Uh, what are some tips for them regarding cybersecurity that that they can make sure that they don't fall victim to something like this? That's a great question because on the surface, thinking about as a business owner or a business leader, you know, putting that out there and protecting your company, that could seem like it could be very costly, right? You could invest in a lot of technology or high-tech training, and they could get really expensive really fast, but it's not necessary to have an expensive solution. There are some good things that you can start with. And the first is promoting that awareness, like we've talked about. One thing I love about cybersecurity particularly is that the U.S. government has put out a ton of resources. So there are all sorts of um, things and, and links and kind of one sheet bulletins that you could send out or post uh, available for businesses of different sizes. Um, and they're largely put out by um, the C Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Long mouthful, but it's CISA.gov. And on CISA.gov, there's all sorts of publications that small businesses can look at to educate themselves. So that's one thing is, is getting free educational material. Another thing is, as a business, just being aware of what risks there are out there. Um, another thing I'll put out there related to the, the United States government is there are different services free that you can sign up for that let you know what are the attacks going on right now. So many times when we see big uh, ransomware attacks or other uh, highly publicized attacks that are happening, that is a hacker taking advantage of a vulnerability or some sort of flaw that's out there that we can, in many cases, protect against. And um, the United States has a website, and I guess we can probably share that link maybe in the podcast notes. Um, and on that, you can subscribe to get updates regularly. So anytime a new vulnerability is released, you'll know. So the hackers are one step ahead of us. They're the ones finding these flaws and weaknesses, but you should at least stay aware of what those are too. So you can take action as quickly as possible. That usually means just applying an update or a fix to the different systems that you use 
pretty easy to do, but you have to stay aware of what's happening. Um, so monitoring that and signing up for those free alerts is a really great way to um, really be able to protect your company and know what's out there. These things are, are changing um, so so fast and so frequently, and that's what you mentioned, the importance of those uh, just checking with what's currently going on. But I, I think in terms of your job here, and really I should say our job, it's what we all do. We have to work together to do this because your team can only do so much. You, you And your job a lot of times is education. But in the banking world, um, you know, th- this is – the easily the biggest jobs in banking right now are cybersecurity. And, and I mean, your team, just give us a little bit about your team and what you what you work on on a daily basis. I mean, because I, I mention on these podcasts a lot, we talk about this all the time, but give us some context to that. I mean, because it goes even deeper with your team every single day. Wow, that's a, that's a challenging question. So I have varying members of the team looking at a lot of different things. Um, one of the biggest things that we do is just knowing what systems we have, what types of personal data have we accessed from our customers? What do we need to protect? So that's another tip that not just for banking, but all businesses can apply. What do we have out there that we need to protect against? Um, and, And having that inventory of our assets and our information, and then you can start to build protections. And so my team is tasked with keeping all those systems up to date, even keeping hardware devices Um, or um, various different elements of our infrastructure up to date. One of the biggest things attackers will do is take advantage of older and outdated equipment, software, things like that. And so making sure that we are keeping these things current, keeping current antivirus and anti-malware scanning systems on employees' computers so that everything is safe, making sure that we're monitoring accounts. Um, We've got customers with accounts. We've got all sorts of employees with types of accounts. Who's doing what? Um, what are we logging into? Are there you know, 10,000 attempts to log into one account? If so, that's a red flag that something's happening. So they are monitoring constantly across our environment and making sure there's good, strong systems in place to block most of those potential threats. And then having additional um, actions that they monitor in case something were to get through, where could we catch that? Where could we stop that? And so they're looking at a lot of different things all the time, which should help to make you feel better um, about, about what we're doing and what your information is. Another thing I'll add is that we work a lot with third parties um, to collaborate. Those of you that do have businesses will know that you do rely a lot on third parties. And so developing a partnership and um, working with them to make sure that we have all of our bases covered from a third party perspective is also really big. I think we've said, like we've said a lot of things that could potentially scare you on this, but I think the last piece of this that we want to hit, what you just said is very positive. But in the world of these new third-party applications that deal with your money, um, I'm talking about third-party person-to-person payment apps mm-hmm. um, where people have the tendency to want to warehouse their money in there. We, we've visited with this on these podcasts before, Megan, but you've got to be very careful there because you were a, you're a previous regulator, um, you know the regulations. We know the regulations that we have. As to, banks have to. In, yeah. At any financial institution mm-hmm. uh, that is regulated by whether it's the, the OCC or the State Bank Department, which we visited with Susanna last week, that they're required to follow. Some of this new technology, while it can be good, can be the wild, wild west. Hmm. Absolutely. And that can be really challenging as a, as a customer and as, or as a business owner 
Um, so, you know, my personal take is I don't want to be the first person on this brand new um, cryptocurrency that's been released or on this new application that's promising to, you know, offer the best of everything. So just um, I, I like the idea of adopting new technology when it's available. It's very important. Um, but just taking some time to watch and learn what's going on. If something sounds too good to be true, whether it's an investment opportunity in cryptocurrency or some sort of app or service, then it probably is too good to be true. Um, but one of the things I really liked, and I'll tie back to the um, United States government resources that I mentioned, there are some resources that specifically talk about different types of like payment um, platforms and, and even all the way to just online shopping things like Amazon or social media. And they give specific resources for how you can protect yourself if you're going to use those types of accounts and services. So specific to Amazon, it gives you some very specific things you can do. Um, specific to um, Apple um, and Apple Pay or you know eBay or whatever it may be, it gives you specific actions that you can take. So I would really do research. And if you're not able to find something about what you're looking for or this new thing that's being advertised to you, I think it's probably safe to hold off or reach out to your bank. If this is some something banking related, ask them about it. And I think something that's important that you touched on, this is something that you can't be lazy and expect it to just happen for you. It's something that you are going to have to equip yourself with the knowledge, the actions, the thing you, this is something that you're going to have to put some effort into to ensure that you're staying safe in the cybersecurity world. Yes, you're absolutely right. And it may seem like it is an uphill battle or something that's so complex. But again, there really are a lot of simple things like awareness and, and making sure you do choose strong passwords and use stronger authentication. When those services are available to you, you should use them. That little bit of extra work it takes is definitely worth it. And I'll also add on the password realm, rather than getting lazy and writing passwords down. There are so many tools out there that are password managers. You can research those. That's a great example of something you can research. And the, the United States websites I mentioned, they have some specific password managers. It's okay to use those. They will store usernames and passwords securely, and you don't necessarily have to remember all of those. So there are some ways to be smart about it. And that's where if you need direction and need somewhere to, to look as far as what can I do next, um, there are so many resources out there that are really helpful um, that can provide some direction for you. That sounds great, Megan. Anything else uh, that we haven't hit on you want to you want to touch on? Say to everybody before we uh, we hit the road here. I don't know that I have anything specific other than, like I said, just paying attention. And, and like I said, if it does sound too good to be true, or if someone is being really pushy, like Allison mentioned, that really is a red flag. And it is okay in the world today, even if it is someone purporting to be a customer and you're in customer service and, and you don't want to offend them, it is okay to say, hey, I need to take a few extra steps to protect both of us and make sure that this is valid, this is legitimate. It's always okay to do that. You can do that politely. You can do that for yourself if someone's reaching out to you and there is nothing wrong with that. And that will would and could save you um, a world of hurt. And we'll add one more thing just because a lot of people talk about this a lot and think about it is insurance. So there's cyber insurance out there not just for businesses, but for individuals. That might be a resource you look into, but I'm, I'm not advocating it 100%. It's not for everybody. Many businesses are using it today. 
But the one thing I want to add is just like with any insurance we might have for our cars or our houses, there are exclusions to those policies. So if you are going to look at cyber insurance, make sure you talk to whatever insurance agent you're working with to understand what might be excluded. And don't just blindly take that as I've got insurance. I don't need to worry about all these other tips. The First mm-hmm. National Bank is giving me or you know, I don't need to worry about the password because I have insurance to back me up. It's not 100 percent you know, a fail safe, just like any insurance is not. So just keep that in mind as well, that there, you know, there are some things you can research and it can be helpful, but it can also have limitations. Yeah, I don't think that any of our insurance agents that we have uh, here would, would be happy if, you know, just because you have the car insurance that you're going to go enter your car in a demolition derby. Yeah, right. You know, I don't, that's, that's, that's not a, what we're doing here. That's a sh- uh, quick way to get your insurance policy canceled. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to make a joke, and then I thought, I don't want to get dropped, you know? Yeah. I was like, he may be listening. So that's great. Megan, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I mean, Megan works here. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I just, I, I know. Just, I mean, we if you want to sleep lucky. well at night, we're just very lucky to have Megan and, and she's so involved in um, everything that, that we do. And, and again, it, it's in a daily discussion at our bank yeah. and, and we want you to feel good about the effort we put into securing your money. It's so important to us, uh, but we need your help. Because this is a team, a team sport. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, like you know, whenever people sign up for their online banking stuff, you know, you sign something saying, "I'm not going to give my credentials away," because that's these are avenues that it does that happen that people take advantage of, and so it mm-hmm. is. It is a team effort. You know, something that you need to really go out and try and um, if you're. You can go out and obviously look up these resources and do research, but if not, take those simple steps and tips that we've been putting online this month um, and really take those into account and and work those to make sure that you're staying safe. There are a lot of resources that we do have available for you. Uh, obviously, we're always available if you're concerned about something by phone mm-hmm. or, or uh, a, several different methods, live chat on the app. Uh, but we've done previous podcast episodes over fraud protection. Um, we've done multiple. This is probably our third one. Yeah. Last week, Susanna Marshall, we spent a lot of time talking about cybersecurity with her. And while it wasn't necessarily geared towards cybersecurity, the safer AR act, I mean, they're passing laws, um, for this stuff. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's tough to stay ahead of these guys, but we got some good people working on it. Yeah. And it it shows you how prevalent that stuff is now that we've, we've done three episodes on this and three of 14 episodes on this. So it's something that, yeah, it may seem like we're, you know, beating a dead horse, but it's one of those things where it's, it's happening, it's real, and you do have to be cautious and aware of what you're doing online and in the cybersecurity world. Absolutely. So, uh, man, good, another good podcast, episode 14, Uh, episode 15 will be coming out soon. Again, we try to do these every couple of weeks. Um, Sometimes trying to arrange guests and things like that, it might, might move into the third week or fourth week or something like that. But again, this is one, and we will post uh, a kind of a recap with the links Megan mentioned and some tips and information from this podcast at fnbank.net forward slash first take. You'll be able to view, again, some of the links she mentioned, some tips, and and that will be out there for your disposal so you can go and read more uh, and, and educate yourself about this even further than what we've covered today. Yep. Sound good? Sounds Perfect. I'm I'm thinking that was good. I think so. I feel good about what we did today. Okay. We don't need to erase it all, everything, and start over. No, I'm hoping it was recording. (laughs) (laughs) We're good. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening to First Take, the least boring banking podcast presented by First National Bank, which is member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. I'm Blake. I'm Allison. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.